three, two, one. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Hey Friends podcast. It's time for a key and some tea with your host, Good Journey. The quote of the day is, a strong woman looks a challenge dead in the eye and gives it a wink. Gina Carey. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Hey Friends podcast. I'm your host, Good Journey, and I am sitting here before you, happy that that chapter of egg freezing is over. I am accompanied, not with a guest, but with my favorite cocktail from the Adventurous Bartender. It's the spicy margarita that she made. I did it on an episode previously already, but I had to run it back, one, because it's so easy to make, two, because I had all the ingredients in my fridge, and three, because it's like my favorite thing to drink. It just feels like vacation. So I'm just gonna have a little sip and welcome and hope you guys are sipping with me. So since I last spoke to you last week, not much is not much is different. Not much has changed. I like I said, I finished with my egg freezing process, so I'm able to drink again and have coffee, um, which I didn't know that I liked coffee as much as I do. But apparently, I'm a coffee fanatic these days. But not much else has changed. It's been very status quo today. Actually, um, my girlfriends and I kind of played hooky from work and went to what's it called the honeycomb it's like a brunch place um in houston i believe it's black owned but the food there was delicious um i was an hour late because i was working so i took the afternoon off in the morning i had to work they took the full day so they were there on time um and i was late an hour um they had like a tasting before i got there they had a lot of food not a lot of food they had some food there and what from what I was told, it was delicious. And when I got there, I'd ordered a cheeseburger because I'm apparently an 11-year-old boy. But I ordered a cheeseburger and french fries. Um, my friend ordered like their Tuscan pasta. Then another friend ordered like the sticky buns or something. The food was phenomenal. I would absolutely say that there's a lot of restaurants in Houston that look pretty, right? But the food itself is subpar at best. I will say the food at the Honeycomb, and this is not sponsored. I had to pay for every single thing that I ate there. <laughs> um, the food was amazing and the servers were great. They, I asked them to take a photo of us at the table and they spent their time. They took a lot of different photos. Like, you know what I mean? Like the service was fantastic. The people there were super friendly. The food was phenomenal. I will be going back. We had two carafes of um, mimosas. Um, and one of my girlfriends was like, okay, so let's do the mimosa like another carafe, but like separate the champagne and the orange juice. And so our server, um, Khadija, our server was like, okay, bet. So she does it, brings this huge carafe of champagne, full of champagne. And then like the orange juice cup was, I, I kid you not, it was this big. And so she was like, okay, when you guys are ready, I'm going to fill up your, your mimosas. And I was like, okay, okay, service. So... We're drinking, we're talking, whatever, whatever. Khadija, our server, comes back around and was like, are you guys ready for another round? And I was like, yes. So when she pulled my, my glass, my champagne flute, she gave me about this much, I wish I could zoom in, about this much orange juice in the cup and the rest of it was champagne. And I was like, you know what? Extra tip, because that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of energy that I need to receive when I'm playing hooky from work, because Lord only knows it can be stressful sometimes, and nothing is better than a glass of champagne in the middle of the day. I just feel in my heart of hearts that I'm meant to be a lady of leisure. I'm meant to be a lady who lunches. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I have a full MBA. I have 
all sorts of designation certifications and everything else that you're going to want for HR. But at the end of the day, if I didn't have to work another day in my life, I wouldn't be happier. I feel like I've done everything that I needed to do. I've proven to myself that I can do it. But now, I'm not interested. It's funny. I was in, when, when I was in California a couple weeks back for a work trip, the icebreaker was your name, where you're from, um, what you do, blah, 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 that whole thing. And then like the get to know you part was what's the best part of your job and what's the worst part of your job. And the worst part of my job was having a job. And I said that in front of everybody, to everybody, and I'll say it again, because I like my job. I like what I do. But it's not like I'm sitting up at night thinking, like, how can I make this job better? It's like, I, it's fine. It, it pays the bills and plus a little extra. It does what it needs to do. But at the end of the day, if I can live this entire same lifestyle without having to wake up at 6 a.m. and clock in every day, I want to do, like, I want to do that, right? Like, I... I just want to be a lady who leisures and lunches and goes to like the country club and has overpriced salads and sips champagne in the middle of the day and has like a tennis pro coach. Like that's, that's, that's the dream. That's my American dream. Anyway, not what I want to talk to you about today. What I want to talk to you about today, first of all, can we get into these? Usually I use my phone and I'll get back to my phone during celebrity and story time because I'm not going to write all that down on here. But can we, can we get into the cue cards? I got them on Canva from like, just, I don't know, trying to keep everything cohesive, right? And I just feel very official. I feel very Wendy Williams. I just need a purple chair, but I feel very Wendy Williams with my cue card. But what I did want to talk to you all about today was eggs on ice. I want to talk to you about the egg freezing journey because ever since I said that that's what I was doing, I said that that's, you know, why I can't drink or why I'm doing this or blah, blah, blah. I have had so many questions, not just online, but in real life. Like people are genuinely curious about the process, about the cost, about all of those things. So I figured, why not just answer all the questions I got here and then refer people back to this podcast episode so I can get more views and likes and comments. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's all a circle of life. It all works out. Okay. So let us get started on that. So firstly... I went to Kind Body. Kind Body, like a kind person in body, Kind Body is where I went to. They have a full service, everything you can think about reproductive. So they're gynecologists. You can go there for your yearly appointment. They freeze eggs. They freeze embryos. They do sperm checks to ensure that the swimmers are mobile. They do STD testing, like anything to do with reproductive services, they are full service. And the offices in Houston are stunning. It's in like an uppity part of town, actually called Uptown Park. Um, it's in an uppity part of town and it's beautiful. They have locations all over the United States. If you go to their website, you'll see all the cities that they have locations in. And if there's a city that's not listed there, they contract with other offices and things for their services as well. So if you don't see your city listed at kindbody.com, then of course you can just call them and they can contract you out to someone else that, that they work with. I will say though, before I even start this, none of this was sponsored. Kind Body did not sponsor me. I'm dropping the name a million and five different times, but I had to pay. Technically I didn't have to pay, but I had to pay for the privilege to freeze my eggs. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but this is not sponsored. But I will say I absolutely love the experience at Kind Body. Everybody there was so kind. The offices were beautiful, well, 
well appointed and the process was fabulous from start to finish. My doctor, Dr. Parikh here in Houston, um, is a millennial like me and on the same kind of journey. Like she's freezing her eggs too and she's very open about saying that and saying, you know, her successes and her fails, failures and all of those things. So it was just kind of like, somebody that's kind of in my same shoes that knows a whole lot about it. I mean, she went to school for this, did all that research that she did, and she just did a great job. So let's go ahead and dive in into why I did it. I did it because I am super single right now. Like I, I'm single with no truly real prospects at this point, right? Um, you guys know my story times. I'm out dating, like I'm trying. I'm not a grandma staying at my house and just hoping for the best. Like I'm getting out there, I'm you know getting my feet on the ground, and I'm tr I'm trying to trying to make way. But for right now, I don't have any solidified like this is my person. And at 36 years old, this biological clock is ticking louder and louder and louder day by day. And I just felt felt like even if I met somebody today right, and it was perfect and it was going well, the whole process to me would feel rushed. Like I am under a clock. I've got about a year and a half before things turn kind of unsteady a little bit, yeah? So I, I felt in my heart, I was just kind of like, I'm doing this because I want to give myself time. I want to stop the biological clock. It's not ticking anymore. I'm stopping this here biological clock and I want to not have to worry so much about is this the right person is this the right person and, and all of those things just let things naturally unfold it the way that they're meant to so that's that's truly the reason why i did it i want to have more kids one maybe two tops tops one or two um in addition to the one that i already have shout out to noel <laughs> but one maybe two tops i want i want the opportunity to have it and i don't want the biological clock telling me that i can't that's essentially why i did it so what was the process? And this question I get a lot, like were the injections hard to do, blah, 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 whatever. So essentially what the process is, is you go to a consultation with Dr. Parikh and she, and it was over Zoom. We had a conversation about 30 minutes and we kind of went over my goals. What is it that I want to get out of this process and how can she help? And she hit me with some realities and you know, realistic, I'm 36, they say that you want to freeze your eggs before you're 35. Being 36 is not like, that big of a deal. Um, so she was just like, you know, you're healthy and, and all those things. So now was the absolute best time for you to have done what you're doing. I could have swore I put this on that. Anyway, so the process was I did the Zoom call with Dr. Parikh and um, we kind of got started. Uh, I had to get a bunch of medications from the pharmacy and those medications are really, really pricey. And we'll kind of get into the pricing a little bit later. But essentially, you go, you have the Zoom call, then you go in for your blood work and an ultrasound. And they'll kind of give you a baseline where you're at. So they'll tell you how many eggs you have. Um, they'll tell you like your blood work, they do an STD test, they do all of those things to help you out in that way. And as, as long as you're clear, your vitamins are good, like your ultrasound is good, then they'll start you on, they call it a cycle. They'll start you on a cycle, and so for 12 days, every day, at the exact same time, you take two shots. The shots are meant to enlarge your follicles. So the follicles that you have, um, it's meant to not necessarily multiply them, because the follicles you have are the follicles you have, but it's meant to grow them. So you want to grow them to be 
big and juicy so that we can extract mature, mature follicles. Um, so every day at 8.30 p.m., I took two shots to the belly, um, and the needles were like maybe my fingernail. Like they were so small, so thin, it, it didn't feel like anything scary. The thought of injecting yourself every single day two times was far more difficult than the actual injection itself. The stress that I was under the week or so before I started the injections was far more than actually like the injections themselves. Like it wasn't any anything bad. I I I put it in my head like it was so difficult and so scary. And then when it really came down to it, I was like, oh. And then after the first day, it was just like boom, 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 boom. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, not a problem. So for 12 days, you do two shots, or 10 days, sorry, 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 sorry. For 10 days, you do two shots. And then for days 11 and 12, you do three. So what they want to do for that third shot that you didn't take the days before is like they don't want you to ovulate. So that shot helps you to not ovulate, the third one. So essentially, all the eggs that you've been growing this whole time stays there so you don't ovulate and then lose them all. <laughs> so they, they basically put a stop to that medically. And then the last shot is called a trigger shot. And you take this trigger shot 24 hours before your, no, it's not called extraction. Yeah, before your extraction, I guess, before they extract your eggs. You take a trigger shot. And the trigger shot is essentially um, the pregnancy hormone. So it makes you have a, a positive pregnancy test. So I took the trigger shot and my nurse was like, okay, so tonight, or next morning, sorry, take the trigger shot tonight, tomorrow morning, on your first urination of the morning, you're gonna take a pregnancy test. This pregnancy test is going to come up positive. If it comes up positive, we're good to go. If it comes up negative, do it again later on in the day. And if it comes up negative again, we have a problem. Trigger shot did not work. So because I'm blessed and Jesus loves me so much, I um, had a positive pregnancy test that morning, which is so weird. This is just like to see, there's something about it in your psyche that you see a positive pregnancy test. And I know I'm not pregnant unless it's like immaculate conception. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, snap, I'm pregnant. But it's like, no, you're not, sis. Kill, <laughs> chill out, calm down. Um, but yeah, so I did the, the trigger shot. And then at that point, 24 hours until they extract. And so all together, you take all of these medications. There's a pill also that you have to take, which I didn't even count because it's just a pill. Um, and all of these medications are necessary to ensure that the eggs are big and juicy before you retrieve them. So the process wasn't difficult. It wasn't long. It didn't cause a very big change in my day to day, how I live my life. But it was just something that was constantly at the back of my mind. Like I wasn't I didn't drink uh, alcohol or coffee, but that wasn't even hard. The thing that was hard was not stressing out about not stressing out. I understand, because we talked about stress on the last episode, and I'm so keenly aware to, the str to stress's effects on your body. Like, I didn't want to ruin everything because I was stressed out. And the thing that I kept in mind, too, funnily enough, was Candace 
um, Candace Dillard on The Real Housewives of Potomac, she was freezing her eggs during the season two, but she did not have a positive outcome because I think she was just under a lot of stress with the ladies and blah, 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 maybe filming. I don't know what happened, but she didn't have a positive outcome. She had to do it again. And I'm like, okay, listen, because the cost of this is too high for me to just be like, oh, this didn't work. Let me try it again. Like, it needs to work because I, I don't want to keep shelling out money for this thing. Um, it needs to work the first time. So I, I tried my best to not stress out, to just take things day by day, to just really live a very zen lifestyle. And for somebody who was an over planner like me, who needs everything a, a B, C, X, Y, Z, like ducks in a row all the time, I a little bit had to take my foot off the gas on that a little bit. I really had to think in terms of whatever will be, will be. If it breaks, we'll fix it. And if it doesn't break, look at us. We did it. We did it, Joe. So yeah, that was that was kind of the thing in terms of the process. You know, there's all the injections, not stressing out, trying to eat as good as I could. I, tr I stayed off the red meat as best as I could. I tried to eat healthy veggies and fruits every single day. Lots of water, tons of water, um, just to make sure that my body was at tip-top shape. I worked out four days a week. Like nothing changed in terms of the physical output I was doing, and I gained maybe like. I don't know, four pounds throughout the whole thing. And I heard some horror stories where people like did this egg freezing process and they looked pregnant because their eggs, like it just, they, they look like five months pregnant because of what was happening in there. And I was just blessed that I kept my little flat tummy. And so blessings on blessings. The other thing that I was worried about, to be honest, was just the emotional toll it was gonna take because you're injecting yourself with hormones. And like, how am I gonna react? How's the ups and downs and the sways and things? and I think, I feel as though it wasn't that bad for me. Like I didn't, I didn't notice any big swings. I did video diaries just to kind of check in with myself and I can look back on those video diaries. But for the most part, I was very even keeled throughout the entire process, which led me to believe that things weren't working, if I'm gonna be honest. And I told that to my doctor today cause she did a check in with me today. But I was just like, nothing really was that different, nothing changed. I was expecting a lot and not a lot happened. And when it came to the retrieval, I was nervous um, that it didn't work. And she's like, it definitely worked. So we'll get to that in a second. So how did I feel? We kind of talked about that. How did I feel before and after? Well, how did I feel before? I was nervous, um, but then you know you do it and then you're fine. But how do I feel after? I feel relieved. I feel like I'm 25 years old again, and that time is not a constraint. And I can really take my time, listen to that still small voice about people, and not try and force a relationship because I have to, I'm against a wire, I'm against a clock. So I feel so peaceful. There's a peace that comes with knowing that if you want it, it's still possible even 10 years from now when I'm pushing 50. It's gonna be like one of them Janet Jackson babies, but I'm not gonna be that old, I promise. I am believing that it's gonna happen sooner rather than later, but I'm equipped regardless. So what do I hope to gain from sharing this? Well, let me, get, let me go back because I feel like that's how I wanna close this. Let's talk about the cost. The cost is significant and it's a constraint for most people and I recognize that, that I'm talking from a, a bit of a place of privilege here. Um, the first place of privilege is that my company is phenomenal. So they are 
all about diversity and inclusion and sustainability and all of those kinds of things, and they put their money where their mouth is. So if you're gonna say, I wanna be diverse and inclusive, and you don't have the necessary things in place to allow people to show up to work their fullness with their kids, with other, like whatever it is, like if you don't allow for that, then are you really walking the walk? So my company this year put to every single employee a $20,000 allowance for family planning. So whatever your family planning looks like, if you want to adopt, if you want to do egg freezing or embryo freezing or IVF, whatever it is. They were just like, for family planning, we're giving everybody 20K to do what you want to do. Um, the benefit last year was good, but this benefit this year is phenomenal. So I took full advantage the second that I could. It started January 1. I was in the office on January 2nd. Like, let's get started in case somebody want to change their minds. <laughs> so on January 2nd is when I started the whole thing. But And if you go to kindbody.com, you'll be able to see the prices, but the prices aren't everything because they're only telling the prices of what they're going to charge you. What they're not telling you and what they can't tell you necessarily are the prices of the medications because the medications don't come from them, it comes from a different pharmacy. So all in from start to finish, egg freezing and all of my medications, the price was $12,700. So I used a little bit more than half of my benefit, but I didn't come out out of pocket, not one cent. Like, my balance is zero, which I'm so very grateful because 12,700, that's a down payment for a house. That can, you know, that's a significant amount of money for later, right? Like for family planning later on in life. So it is, it is significant. And if you, like I said, if you go to kindbody.com, it'll show you all the prices. Like the, the consultation is $300 just to, just to talk to the doctor to say, this is what I want to do. How can you help? That's $300. To freeze your eggs, it's $840 a year. Like, so once you retrieve the eggs, to freeze them and store them, it's $840 a year just to do that. And then the process of like the blood draws and the ultrasounds and the retrieval itself and the anesthesia and all of those kinds of things is probably around like $6,700 around that place. And then the medications are a lot as well. Like we're talking like another five, six K. So the whole process all in, $12,700, so you might need to save your coins or go work for a tech company that's going to give you money to do this or figure something else out because it is a very expensive proposition. I'm not quite sure like if I were to have shopped around, if I were to find a better price or whatever the case is, I didn't shop around. I went straight to Kind Body because that is who my company contracted with and so that's who I used. It just made the most sense. So yeah, so that, there's that. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the results. So what was the result of all of this? Result was that I, they were able to retrieve, I was just told today because I was given another number initially, but today I was told they were able to retrieve eight eggs and freeze seven of them, which is pretty amazing that that many eggs out of the ones that they've retrieved, that many were viable and good enough to freeze. The number could result in a live birth, it could result in multiple live births, but my doctor was like, the number is not as high as we would want it to be. We want it to be closer to 20. That's what she said. Like, she would rather us be closer to 20 just to ensure that it's good to go. Like, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts there. So she's recommending that I do another cycle. And 
in my mind, I'm just kind of like, I still have this credit from my, my company. I can get it done while I'm still young um, and just freeze them for later and be chill about it and be done. But I think I want to give myself some time. Like I, I'm thinking I'm going to do it again, probably closer to the summer, but I want, I want to not have to worry at all. And I feel like now that she's provided that recommendation, there's like a sprinkle of, okay, well maybe I can. I mean, the, the, what's the downside? Like, I'm never going to say, oh, I wish I had not frozen my eggs. Like, that's not going to be a thing. So I might as well just do it when I can. And I intend to, but not for another, I'd say four months or so. I, I gave her four months. I was like, in four months, I'm back in your office. We're going to go around two. And another four, two weeks, 12 days or so, another two weeks, extract and be done with it. So I'm, I want to say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm just I'm, I love that I'm in the driver's seat of this, that it's not up to chance. It's not up to some guy getting on one knee one day, hopefully. And, and like, it's not up to that. I, I can control this. So with everything that I can control, I want to control it as best as I can. It's, it's my type A personality. Like, I, I just, that's just the way that I am. It brings me peace a little bit to be able to have my hands on the steering wheel. Okay, so now let's get into... Why am I even sharing this with you? Like it seems, seems real personal, right? Um, and it is, and there's no shame in it. And it's crazy because I was talking to somebody that, I don't even know how to categorize this person, but I'm talking to somebody that I know. And he's like, you know, it's, um, it's real interesting that you told people on Instagram that you were freezing your eggs. He's like, I know a couple of people that have done it, but they never said anything to anybody. Like they kept it quiet. And I'm like, see, that's the problem. Because everybody wants to keep things like this quiet because they feel a certain shame in it. And there's so many people in my experience that have so many questions. And it's like, as a black woman specifically, I feel like people of other races do this a lot more often. I feel like I've even seen shows and stuff like of people doing this, but I, you don't really see somebody in your close-knit circle or even one or two degrees of separation that has done something like this. And I just want to like take the veil off and let's just have a conversation about it. I hope that if nothing else, you've gotten information from me um, because anytime I do these kinds of things, I like to find information about people that have done it that look like me. I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously, Every, every single person's experience is going to be different, but it gives me a bit, something of a baseline. It helps me out to know that somebody else that I know, and I know you, hey friends, um, has done it. And it just, I just hope to open the, the means of communication, the lanes of communication, for us to openly talk about this, why we're doing it, what we hope to get out of it, like all of those kinds of things. Like, it's such an empowering place to be, to be able to live in, the, in your truth. Um, and and that's, that's why I'm sharing. And I hope that it's helpful. And I hope that, you know, if one person has any question or it has, I've answered somebody's question just through this podcast, like I feel happy about that. And listen, if you have any other questions about this process, hit me up in the comments, like ask away. I'm happy to answer. Um, I'd be scouring these comments like crazy, so <laughs> feel free to ask away, and I'm happy to do that. So now, I'm a little parched, and I believe that it is tea time. Okay, so 
listen, it was a Super Bowl. And I don't, I don't, rem I think the Chiefs won, the red team. They're the ones who won. So shouts out to them. I was really excited that there were two black quarterbacks. That part I knew during Black History Month at a Super Bowl. So it's like, usually I always go for like the black quarterback. If I'm ever watching football, which is very rarely unless I'm with somebody that's watching football. But if I'm ever watching football, I always go for the black quarterback. Like I have no loyalties to any team. I simply don't. So happy that that happened. What I really want to talk about is Rihanna because, okay. So we were all so excited, everybody. 118.4 million people watched her performance. Everybody was excited to watch Rihanna. Hot take, I was not impressed. Yes, I know sis is pregnant. Yes, I know that it's, you know, first, maybe second trimester and things is a little wobbly. Like it, it, but the performance was not giving what it needed to give for the amount of time that we waited for it. Does that make sense? And then it was like, so, but wait, is she pregnant? Like the whole Super Bowl performance, I was sitting with my friend and I was like, is she pregnant? She's like, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? And, and, and that was like taking over a lot of the enjoyment of the performance, just trying to understand if she was pregnant or not. And then I was just, I don't know. Like, I, I wish that she would have taken the gig after she dropped the baby, right? Like, I wish that she would have taken the gig when the baby was already here so that we would have gotten the upper echelon Rihanna that we all expect and love. And the other thing was that Stephen A. Smith said that Rihanna is not a performer, not like Beyonce, like he pitted the two against each other and the internets went after Stephen A. Smith, but after this Super Bowl, we owe him an apology. We do, everybody gather around and give Stephen A. Smith an apology because he's right. Rihanna is not an entertainer. Beyonce is an entertainer. Rihanna is a vibe. Like you vibe to Rihanna. She is going to give you the energy that you need, but she's not gonna entertain you. She's not here for your entertainment. She's here to provide an atmosphere. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a bit of a difference between the two. So yes, he was right, but I don't, I don't like pitting black artists against each other because we don't do that. Like we don't say, oh, what about Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez? I don't know. I'm just. Like, we don't talk in those terms. When it comes to black artists, we're always trying to pit somebody against each other. I'm not doing that here. All I'm saying is he wasn't, he wasn't wrong. That's all I'm saying. And then the other thing that I didn't like was that a lot of people of a different persuasion had stuff to say about Rihanna, and I didn't like that. Like, I feel like I can say this because it's coming out of a place of love for Rihanna. It's coming out of a place of love for the culture. It's coming, out, it's coming from a different place. But there is a couple of people that had something to say about Rihanna's performance. And I'm like, you don't talk about the family. You understand what I'm saying? Howard Stern had said that his uh, Rihanna's Super Bowl performance was subpar. Um, Bethany Frankel, who was a disgraced New, New York housewife, and she's tried to do a couple of things, but nothing has risen to the level of me giving a crap about. Um, she had something to say about Rihanna too, and I'm like, do, do not you ever fix your mouth to talk about sis. Don't you dare. We can say what we need to say about what we need to say, but you do not get to say anything. Let's be very, very clear. You don't get to say it, okay? Okay. The other thing about the Super Bowl that kind of has me I don't want to say that I'm giggling. Every single day I do this. I need coasters because these rings on my table. Mm. So there's a whole effort on saving the environment 
and sustainability and all of those things. But did you know that the day, well, when the Super Bowl was over, 200 private airplanes left Phoenix, Arizona? So you're telling me that if I drink my drink out of a paper straw that's going to disintegrate before I even get to it, I'm saving the environment, but these celebrities can just like hop on a private jet with two people in it and nobody's batting an eye, make it make sense. Because I don't wanna hear nothing about a paper straw anymore. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Give me the plastic straw every single time, give it to me. Because, because we're not taxing the corporations we're not talking to these celebrities that are putting all these emissions out in the air. But you're worried about how I'm drinking my drink? No, ma'am. I'm not buying it and I don't like it. And that's on that. So I don't want to hear anything else about paper straws. I'm not interested. We need to get, if you want to fix the environment, which it's burning and we need to, we need to fry the bigger fish. Fry the bigger fish. Me, I'm crawfish. I'm nothing in this, in this grand scheme of things. I'm telling you, leave me and my plastic straws alone. Iwago, thank you. The next thing I want to talk about is Pharrell. So with the passing away of Virtual Abloh, Louis Vuitton menswear does not have a creative director since he's passed. So they've hired on Pharrell of the Neptunes to head the menswear at Louis Vuitton, and I think that that is a fabulous pairing. I think Pharrell is so creative. I did not love when he wore suits with shorts. It was giving like a royal baby, and I wasn't into it. I also didn't like the hats that he was doing. Remember back a couple of years ago, he was doing like the, the Curious George um, Ranger hat? Remember? The yellow guy? He was doing those hats a lot. Didn't love those. But I will say he's a very creative guy, and I think that what he's going to come up with it, it's going to be great. It's going to be different from Virgil, and that's what they need. Like, we don't need somebody to try and do what Virgil did. Virgil did a phenomenal job. We don't need that. What we need is a new infusion into the menswear department. Because I will tell you something. Louis Vuitton menswear, like their luggage, their duffels, like their accessories, their shoes, their jackets, is so much better than the women. So, le leaps and bounds. I will... F as a matter of fact, I have a men's duffel, Louis. Like, I don't have the women's. I have Louis purses, sure. But if I'm being honest, I would much rather rock something from the men's department because they know what they're doing over there. They know what they're doing. And I wish that they just found that same energy for the women's department. And when I think about it, I'm like, who would be good? Who would be good in the women's department? And I think maybe Kelly Rowland. Because Kelly Rowland is, like, super... I don't know how to say it. Like, she's just, like, she's, she's, I, I don't know even the word, but I love me some Kelly Rowland. And I think she would be a great creative director for Louis Vuitton on the women's side. Like, we just need some, some new infusion, because whoever's doing it now, I don't even know who it is, but whoever's doing it now isn't doing the job that they need to do. It's not giving. Louis Vuitton, if you're listening. Um, this is a story that I don't really care about because we all saw it coming, but Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are seemingly have broken up. So what the internet likes to do is they like to scour people that are in a relationship and see when they stop following each other and see when they stop posting each other, and then they say these people have broken up. So this is all speculation, okay? But what the internet is saying is that Megan Fox deletes all photos of 
Machine Gun Kelly on Instagram, and then said, you can taste the dishonesty, it's all over your breath, which by the way would be a fire lyric in a song, but it's looking like the vampires may not make it all the way to the altar, which I feel like if, if a, at our big age, like Megan Fox and I, we could have gone to high school together and been in the same grade. Like we're the same age, right? And I just feel like if, if it burns that hot, it's going to combust. I don't know what it is with me. I'm such a romantic, please don't get me confused. I am a romantic at heart, but I just feel like when you're doing too much like that, like they were, do they were doing too much. I think anybody with sense in their brain would know that they were doing too much. I just, it didn't feel genuine and it didn't feel like something that was sustainable. So I'm sure they had a good time, they had fun, but I think that this may have run its course. And that's on that. And my last story, I'm gonna have to read this because this title is like 11 years long. Um, according to a new study, single women in the country are outpacing men in being homeowners. Single women own roughly 10.7 million homes in America compared to 8.1 million owned by single men. And with that I say, right, okay. I mean, I feel like at, at least, you know they say birds of a flip, Birds of a feather flock together. And I will say all of the, the women that I know are fantastic. And I'm saying I'm fantastic too, but all the, all the women that I know are fantastic. Like they are on their stuff. They understand what is going on. They have goals and they are like sprinting to those goals. And so when these kind of reports come out, it's just like, yeah, like women, do what we gotta do. If, listen, if there's a goal in mind, we're going to go after that goal. I think that sometimes men, they, they, don't, they don't have the right goals in mind or they have the right goals in mind but they don't know how to get to the goals. Like they're, they're very one-tracked a little bit. And men, you can come fight me in the, in the comments if you want but I said what I said. I feel like men have a very hard time having several different priorities. I think that's the best way to put it. Men cannot have more than one priority. Women operate in competing priorities. We have to be good at work. We have to be good friends. We have to be good wives. We have to be good mothers. We have to have a side hustle. We have to do so many different things. And guess what? We do them all pretty doggone well. Sometimes the juggle might not juggle, but if you're self-aware enough, you can, you can course correct. Or if you have people in your life that can call you out and say, hey, listen, X, Y, Z, then you, you course correct where necessary. I don't know that men have that same thing, right? I don't know. Maybe they do. Who knows, let me know in the comments. Okay, that's it for celebrity. And a couple of the stories were sent to me by listeners that wanted to hear my thoughts on things. Feel free to send, DM, you know, good journey, DM. Hey friends, pod one, whichever. With any stories you want me to expand upon or talk about, I'm happy to discuss them on the show. But now it's time for, as we all know, my very favorite part of the show, um, advice and story times. And as always, if you have an advice or a story time for me, please do email it at info at heyfriendspod.com. Please do not DM it to me. It will get lost in the shuffle. Email us at info at heyfriendspod.com and we will read it on the show.
the first question is, can you quit a job days after accepting it and filling out the paperwork? Okay, it reads, company A gave me a formal offer with a strict deadline. Today, I have my third interview with company B, my ideal employer by far. I asked company A for an extension to make my decision. They said no. I need to make my decision before 5 p.m. today. Is it terrible for me to tell company A that I accept and sign the offer to buy time while I interview with company B? Then if company B accepts me, I can tell company A that I only like them as a friend <laughs> and can't go through with the job. Secondary question. I read company A's offer letter and it includes stuff like salary, title, and schedule. Is signing that legally binding in some way? This is a wonderful question and thank you so much for sending it. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw on my HR hat. Um, no. It is not legally binding. Um, if you work in the United States, which based on your question, you absolutely do work in the United States, all states in the 50 states of America are at will states, which means that you are not contractually obligated to work anywhere. On the other side of that coin, a company is not contractually obligated to keep you here. They can fire you, terminate you at any time for any reason as long as it is not an illegal reason. So we talk about harassment, protected classes, those kinds of things. So in this instance, that's what I would recommend. If I were your friend, not working for company A, of course, but if I were your friend and you were like, hey, listen, I have this HR question. Um, can you consult me on this? I would absolutely recommend sign the offer letter with company A, right? Um, tell them you need two weeks, three weeks to leave your current job and um, before you can start, before day one, right? Um, and then hopefully in that two, three weeks, you can get an offer from company B. And then at that point, if you want to take the offer from company B, then take it. Like just because you said, yes, I want to start doesn't necessarily mean you need to start. Sometimes companies have to take the L. It happens every day where they bring somebody on, excuse me, they bring somebody on and then they, the person doesn't start for whatever reason. It happens all the time. So you shouldn't feel any shame, but you also shouldn't ghost. That looks horrible. People talk, especially in the industry that you're in, in the city that you're in. Send them a nicely worded email. Send it to the recruiter or, or the hiring manager, whoever you talk to, that's hiring for the role, and say, "Listen, I appreciate the um, your time. I appreciate your the interview. I appreciate the offer. It's fantastic. However, I have an offer from another company, and I need to explore that offer. Like, it doesn't have to be this long novel, but I would say." If company B gives you that offer and that's what you want to take, just make sure that you correspond with company A, let them know that you're not taking it, and then move forward. Because they put a lot of time and energy and money into recruiting you, but it's going to be a heck of a lot more money to hire you and you start and then you just like no call, no show. Like salaries and um, taxes and benefits and all those kinds of things. It's, it's a lot. So I would just say, do what you got to do. I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking out for yourself because a company, if you drop dead tomorrow, they're just going to hire somebody else in your place. So there's a sense of loyalty that you want to have with the company. Yeah, sure. But not to the detriment of self. Keep that in mind. Next question. It says anonymous because my life is pitiful and I ain't got the time to be embarrassed. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. Um, okay. Okay, so I'm just gonna get straight to the point. I'm about to be in my mid-30s and I have no idea how to date. I've gone on two dates in the past four years. I was outside and met one guy, the other one I was set up with. I have no idea how to approach a man and apparently I'm unapproachable because, well, I wouldn't be in this predicament if I weren't. 
I can tell you that I don't necessarily exude confidence when I'm outside, so maybe men pick up on that? I'm not sure. I've tried dating apps and no, just no. I've reached a point in my life where my standards are basically non-existent, which is terrible of me to say. I don't have a type or preference because I've only been in one real relationship which led to marriage, then led to, to divorce. I feel like a 14-year-old writing this, but please give me some pointers. I don't want to die as the old cat lady. This is a great question. Um, and listen, I have been single and dating as a grown-up for, it'll be six years tomorrow, <laughs> for six years. And I'm no expert, but I do have a, you know, I have a little bit of, um, of knowledge in the subject, so I'm happy to download some, some help for you here. I will say I made notes so that I hit everything that I mean to hit. The first is I love how self-aware you are. You're like, my confidence isn't great. I don't really know what I want, but I should. Like You understand where you sit, which is super key, super important. But I will say, if I had to give you any pointers, the first is to gain confidence in yourself. And this is so important, and this is something that I had to do too. And the way, because I'm not naturally a confident person. I feel like growing up, I just was not confident. Um, and so I had to build that muscle and stretch that skill. Um, therapy helped with gaining that, like just understanding myself and loving myself, flaws and all. I'm the type of person that looks into a mirror and picks myself apart completely. Like, Everything that is wrong with me, I have picked it out, I have figured it out, I have seen it, I know it. It is what, you can't tell me anything that I don't already know. So I had to build my confidence, not only for myself, but so somebody else doesn't take advantage of me because I know what I'm worth, I know what I deserve, I know what I should take and what I should leave. Another way to help with um, building your confidence is um, therapy, like I said, and another thing is affirmations. I use an app, my good friend showed me an app that she uses called I Am. That's the name of the app, I Am. And it just, it shoots positive affirmations to your phone at a regular cadence at a time, at any time that you tell it to. And it'll push affirmations to your phone. And I usually, whenever that I Am notification comes out on my phone, I stop what I'm doing, I say the affirmation out loud, and I do a Kegel. It's like Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog. Like I just, and it helps me with my Kegels, and then it helps me to say something that is affirming myself. Because the thing with your mind is, confidence is all in your mind. It's all in your head. And the thing with your mind is, the more that you say something, the more that you will believe that thing. Like you've got to clear out the negative thoughts that you have about yourself and input new thoughts, positive thoughts better thoughts. You may not believe them yet, but eventually your mind will start to believe that. Your subconscious mind will start to believe that. And once you start to believe that, then you will become so much more confident. And you're right. When you do go out, wear that confidence. People, men, right, don't tend to be attracted to somebody that is unsure of themselves. So what I understand from men, child, they're very visual. So when a man sees you, before he knows how dope you are, before he understands your amazing personality, before he understands how much you love God and how much like your, your goals and things are aligned, he's looking at what do you look like. That's it, right? And a lot of the confidence comes when you put your shoulders back 
and you have a smile on and you don't care who is looking or what they're saying or what they're doing but because you have your best foot forward it's a very attractive quality people want to be around people that are sure of themselves think about barack obama everybody wants to be barack obama's friend why because he's very sure of himself. He's very confident. He almost makes you confident. Like people like that draw them into you. Why do you think we like celebrities so much? It's not because they're like the most amazing people. It's because they have a confidence that draws you in. So when you go out, once you've practiced your self-confidence, got that confidence up a little bit, go out and wear that confidence like this beautiful pink coat that I have on. I have to just give it to myself because I really do like this outfit. Um, wear it like a coat. Take, put that on, like that is your superpower is to be confident um, and people are attracted to that. The other thing is practice by going places alone. So once you've said, you went to therapy, say your affirmations, you're getting your confidence, go out by yourself. There, it's fun to go out with friends and I'm not saying don't go out with friends, like go out with girlfriends. But I will say going out by yourself, milkshake, it's bringing the boys to the yard every single time. I'm telling you every single time, without fail. It's the easiest thing. Fish in a barrel, telling you. But here's the thing, go somewhere for dinner, right, and sit at the bar. Because what, what, I, what I found, <laughs> and I'm just talking about, like, I don't know if this is in a book somewhere, this is just my personal what I do. You go out at like 6, 6.30, right, after work, you go sit at a bar, eat some food. Guaranteed, there's going to be a man there, or two or three, that is doing the exact same thing as you because he's single and doesn't feel like cooking for one, just like you, and he's out at the bar and he's sitting by himself at the bar eating a meal. It's easy, fish in a barrel. All you could, like, just, even if you turn to him and say, hey, how are you, how's that meal? Like, just talk about whatever, right? And just reel him in that way. Easy pick and shooting, fish in a barrel, like I said. It's, it's quite easily the best way to meet people without going to a club. I do not recommend meeting anybody in a club. Don't do that. That's, that's not where you want to be, especially in our mid-30s. Like, it's babies in there, and the music is too loud. I'm not interested. Go to a, go to a bar, like a restaurant bar, right, and sit at the bar. I will not recommend going to a hotel bar. Now, because that gives a different kind of situation where, where they think you're an escort. It's not that it's happened to me, but I had heard through the grapevine that that's what's going on. So I don't go to hotel bars. I go to restaurant bars, like rest, sit at the bar at a restaurant. Um, and even if you don't talk to anybody when you go to these restaurant bars, it builds your confidence that you can sit with yourself and feel confident sitting with yourself and just doing what you're doing. Because as I've said before, and what I've learned in my life is nobody cares about you. Not like that. Like nobody's looking at you, right? Okay, so let's say that you walk into a restaurant bar. You're sitting by yourself, you're eating your food. In your mind, if you're not confident, you're thinking, oh my gosh, these people are staring at me and they're probably like, what a loser she is sitting by herself. N nobody's doing that. N nobody is, not a single soul is doing that. Nobody is even paying attention to you, right? So you might as well just do what you wanna do. So I, I would recommend absolutely going by yourself to a restaurant, sit and have a meal. And then the last bit is you said that you, don't have a type um, or a preference, get one. Because what's gonna happen once you have this confidence on, it's gonna be a lot of people coming at you, a lot. And not everybody gets access to you. Not everybody should get access to you. You have to gatekeep your mental. You have to gatekeep your heart. 
not to the point where the walls are up and you don't let anybody in, but there has to be some checks and balances. There has to be some hurdles that they have to jump to get to you. Maybe that hurdle is you have to have a good job. Maybe that hurdle is you have to be a follower of Christ. Maybe that hurdle is you have to have straight teeth and a nice beard. I don't know what the hurdle is. You create the hurdle in your mind. But I'm saying not everybody gets access. So I need you to not only identify the red flags, things that you will absolutely not be okay with, right? That's important. But it's also important, even more so in my estimation, to identify the green flags. What are the things that are looking for that feeds your soul, that makes your heart happy, that wants, that draws you into somebody? What are those things? Like, does he need to be romantic? Does he need to be communicative? Does he need to send you text every morning? Does he need to call you every night? Like, does he need to take you out at any regular cadence? Like, what is it that you need from another partner that makes you feel like, okay, I can let you into my space? Because honestly, by myself, I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, I'm great. So if somebody is coming in, if you're taking away from my happy, my fulfilled, my great, that's a red flag. You can go. My green flag is that you add to my life. I don't need you to fulfill my life. I'm already fulfilled. I need you to add something to it. I don't want to say what are you bringing to the table because that's played out and I don't like that. But what are you adding to my life that's going to cause me to want you to stay here? Are you bringing peace? Are you bringing joy? Are you bringing an additional income? Are, like, what is it that you're bringing? Because if you're just taken away from me, then you're a liability, and I don't want that. Not interesting. I hope this helps. Hit me up in the comments if you have any other more questions. Let me know, sis. But I feel like those four points, do those things, and you are going to be right where you want to be. I can assure you. I can promise you that. Again, if you have any advice or story times, hit us up at the email info at heyfriendspod.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today, so I do not have a story time, but let's just say the whole front part of this podcast was my story time, all right? Um, so, but I don't have another one today for you, sorry. Um, but as always, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful. Once to the Adventurous Bartender, we're back at it, sis. The Adventurous Bartender, thank you for the fabulous drink. Thank you all for your listens, your comments, your likes, your reviews. All of those things. I appreciate you so much. Your follows. Thank you. Be sure to follow the podcast at Hey Friends Pod One on all socials. You can follow me, your illustrious host, Good Journey, at Good Journey to Ease No Why. And until next time, goodbye. Hey friends, let's keep the conversation going. Join the party on all socials, TikTok, IG, and YouTube at HeyFriendsPod1. And you can follow my personal page at Good Journey. Two E's, no Y. See y'all in the comment section. Bye.